I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Did you sleep good last night, Brock? Yes. Good. You were asleep before we finished. Way before we finished. Were you tired after rollerblading? Yeah. It's hard, like, the first time you go, isn't it? But you got much better. Actually, all three of you kids got a lot better from when we started to when we finished up. I think I don't need the helpers anymore. That's good. I might try them for a little bit more, but... But you're getting close to being able just to do it on your own? Mm Mm-hmm. Good. Next time it'll be more fun. But I thought it was fun this time. Yeah. Reminds me of the olden days. Going to a roller skating rink. When we used to have roller blades. (sighs) More like when I was a kid. But yes. Also when... You never had... We only had one set, right? Yeah. Alright, let's continue on here in 1 Kings chapter 8. We left off last night on verse 22, and that's where we're going to pick it up. In Solomon's prayer of dedication. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands toward heaven, and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven, above or on earth below, you who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it, as it is today. Now, Lord, God of Israel, keep your servant David my father, the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your sons are careful in all they do to walk before me as you have done. And now, O God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less is this temple I have built? Yet, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence in this day. May your eyes be open toward this temple night and day, this place of which you say, My name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. 
When a man wrongs his neighbor and is required to take an oath, and he comes and swears the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty and bringing down on his own head what he has done. Declare the innocent not guilty, and so establish his innocence. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back to you and confess your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave to their fathers. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain, because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight, or mildew, luckus, or grasshoppers, or when an enemy besieges them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or a plea is made by any of your people Israel, each one aware of the afflictions of his own heart, and spreading out his hand toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, forgive and act, deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart, for you alone know the hearts of all men, so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land you gave our fathers. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name. For men will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your own people Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Solomon is obviously recognizing he's smart enough to know that they are going; these people are going to turn away from God. Right now it seems like they're doing pretty well, but he knows that eventually they're going to turn away from him, and he's kind of already praying for the Father to hear them when they come to him in this place and have mercy and forgiveness. Uh, the truth is, I mean, you read things like, you know, let every man kind of bear the punishment of what he's chosen to do, for you know his heart, O Lord. That is really too much for us to handle. It really is. Because we know that our flesh and our heart sometimes are against God. And there really is no good in the flesh. No one is good apart from God alone. And it really puts us in a struggle, in a conundrum, when if we're going to stand around and ask God, repay me according to what I have done. You know, that's not good. Instead, I like when he says, Hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people and bring them back to the land you gave to their fathers. And I kind of think of it like the Lord bringing us back to the land that he gave us. He's bringing us back to the inheritance we've received. And we received an inheritance through his will. A will being a description of the inheritance that we received at his death. When was his death? We received an inheritance in Christ when he died at the cross. That is a description of God's will. And that is the land that we want to return to when we remember that he has forgiven us of our sin. We want to return back to the land 
of peace, where we are at peace with our Father, where we are made fully righteous, and we have a relationship with Him that's not dependent on what we will do for Him, but it's dependent on what He has already accomplished for us. And now it's just a relationship. And it's also true. I mean, you read through this and it says, Lord, direct their hearts. That's right. When when we enter into a relationship with him, he does change our heart. And we begin to, I don't want to say, we begin to walk in his light. Put it that way. I'm not talking about behavior modification. I'm talking about heart transformation. Even people who don't believe in Jesus are able to modify their behavior. Yeah. Right? But transforming a heart, now that's a miracle of God. It requires you to completely let him in. Sometimes that requires doing really hard stuff. But it's not hard stuff so that way you can earn anything. It's hard stuff so that way you can enter into what has already been earned for you. Sometimes walk part of walking through the door is doing something very difficult. And that's okay. We are in verse 44. When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. There you go. And you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy who takes them captive to his own land, far away or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their conquerors and say, we have sinned, we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive, and pray to you toward the land you gave their fathers, toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name. Then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea, and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses that they have committed against you and cause their conquerors to show them mercy. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt, out of that iron smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servant's plea and to the plea of your people Israel, and may you listen to them whenever they cry out to you, for you singled them out from all the nations of the world to be your own inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, O sovereign Lord, brought our fathers out of Egypt. In verse 46, it's it's kind of cool that really what he is describing is what Jesus will do when he's talking about the forgiveness when the people sin against you because everybody sins and when they turn and they say I've, I've have wickedness in my heart I've done wrong I've lived for myself and I'm guilty as charged but he is saying forgive your people who have sinned against you forgive all the offenses they have committed against you that's Jesus that's really the answer to his prayer, right? And God did. God forgave the people who would turn their heart to him and say, I choose you. I want a relationship with you. And the people who would accept him and believe what he said about his son, Jesus Christ, they would receive all these things. Solomon's prayer didn't go unanswered. 
uh, the Lord did provide us a way to be forgiven of all of our sin, past, present, and future, and that is Jesus Christ. So I, I think it's uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, starting in verse 46, is a nice ending to this prayer that Solomon just prayed, and it is a description of what Jesus has done for us by taking care of the sin issue between us and God. You guys are talkative tonight. We'll make it a wrap. I love you boys. Love you too. You guys are good kid.